When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the, into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dibs, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, you know, their customer service, even before they were sponsors, was unbelievable. It's one of the reasons I, I reached out to them and said, I want you to sponsor, be one of our sponsors on our podcast, because I just believe in their machine so much. And it's just helped our team win so many games. So uh, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the one-stop shop. It is my baby. Um, it's one of the reasons we're able to keep this free. We're not going to be charging for our podcast or our YouTube channel or anything like that. Um, but it's also run by a high school coach for high school coaches or youth coaches or even college coaches. Um, it's not run by a, a, a college. It's not Zoom. It's not all these Zoom calls. It's on court. It's demonstrations. It's videos. It's clinics. It's handouts. It's everything you need to become a better basketball coach in one stop shop. So if it's not there, I will find it for you. <laughs> all right, let's head off to the podcast. I had a friend who coached. Uh, who was coaching like seven-year-old girls and his philosophy was just throw the ball up as much as he can because, you know, the law of large numbers, it's the same with that. The more offensive rebounds you get, the more shots you're going to get at the basket, you're probably going to win more often, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We, we were – our sweet spot was about 80, 82 possessions per game. But that's we, good. We were a bit hectic. But we were averaging – this past season we averaged 79 points. The year before we averaged 82. You play what quarters? Uh, four quarters, 10 minutes each. 10 minutes each, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, we're, you know, it's pretty high scoring for, for women's basketball, but yeah. that's the level our league is at at the moment. You know, we've got some good, good players playing in it, and we can get the, get the ball up and down the court pretty well. Uh, moving on after that, then we'll kind of do a lot of uh, small-sided games, so a lot of 3v3, a lot of 4v4v4, um, putting that pressure on, started working their conditioning a little bit more and understanding and strong side action and where you're supposed to be on weak side action. Again, a lot of ball screen stuff in this particular session. 
put some constraints in as and when we need to. Um, working on defending against cutters, uh, you know, if there's a screen away, you know, what are the reads coming off it, where we need to be on help rotations, that side of stuff. And, um, then this particular session that I finished up with a transition drill, which I like, which I actually had for you um, as one of the ones that I want to share. It's 3v2 continuous. Um, so it's all about decision making for me. And, you know, there's, there's a couple of little rules that I'll put in there, but there are more guidelines than rules. And, okay. Um, then it's about getting, getting teams to go, and I'll kind of go to that. Then we'll do our cool down, circle stretch, and review, and let the players talk about what went well, what didn't go well. Um, so after this one, the players felt good after warm up. It's always something I check to make sure that they're ready to go. Um, and then they identified the need to talk more on, on ball screen D and let each other know a little bit, a little bit earlier when stuff was coming. And then we do a coach's review. So for me and my assistant coach, you know, so here just, you know, a couple of the girls were slow to start, uh, NTTB need to touch base. So need to reach out to them after training and make sure they're okay. There's nothing else going on. Uh, right. and then, positive side box. I love that. And a couple of coaches that I've been talking to about practice, it's like you always want to be checking in with all your players, but you know how hectic it gets. So I love that aspect of put them on the practice plan, you know, like just a a quick check in, like, how you doing? How's school going? You know? Um, Yeah. I love that. I love that. Cause we all get caught up in our day-to-day lives and our practice planning and yeah. It works for me. Um, Okay. You want to move on to the drill? Yeah, let's move. Let's talk about that one. I love that. All right. So um, there's a series of what we call 11-man drills. So when you're given an advantage to offense and and there's lots of different ones, this is one that I particularly like. So um, it's 3v2 continuous. Yep. So the way we start, uh, we, we there's a few different ways you can start. But you can start from free throw. You can start from strong side action, so off a ball screen, um, or a coach call at halfway. So... Sometimes we can have a fun game getting into it, and we might do that early in the season when, when we're just working on the girls getting up and down and starting to make reads. Um, this particular one starts from a free throw. Once the free throw goes up, any of the five players can go and get it. Normally, it's the four players that are in. Right. Um, and so there's no offense or defense. Everybody's hustling and going after it. Um, I like that start, yeah. Then we'll outlet to the, the free throw line extended. There's two girls waiting on either side, one girl on each side. So now it'll be those three players coming down. We put a lot of pressure on whoever gets the rebound to try and deny that pass. Uh, you know, in this particular situation, number one who took the free throw might try and cheat over after she knows she's not getting the rebound to try and steal the pass. And if she steals it, then she can go with the other two players. So it's about getting those reps. And, and we pride ourselves on, on trying to get those interceptions because it just makes us more hungry. Um, and it's something that, you know, I, I had built into it before. It used to be a bit a bit stagnant, you know, if you get that rebound, then there's no pressure on you. You make that pass and you're running on the other end. Now we keep that pressure levels up, force them to have to make decisions. You know, we try not put the ball on the ground or if we do only for a dribble or two. So if we move on to frame three, then we we try, I I call the lane. So that middle lane from, from right down the middle of the court. And I'm all about crossing the lane. I, I always talk to my players. If defense is set up in a certain side, then we try and cross the lane to force them to move. And then we try and take advantage coming in on the other side. So now it becomes a 3v2 drill coming down the other side. Um, so in this situation, uh, X5, which doesn't actually mean our center. It was just that girl that was particularly there. So she's right. across the lane, try and get over. Because X1, if she didn't receive the ball, she, the odds are she's going to be first one down the court. So that's going to establish our strong side, bringing the ball over to that side. And now we're going to try and force the defense to adapt to it. Um, 
speak a lot about getting to the elbow and keeping your dribble, not giving the ball up too early, forcing the defenders to have to make a choice, particularly the back defender, because you have to stay on the ball. Once you give it up, then, you know, the number two there, the defender could suck back in, and now it suddenly becomes a two-on-two with a shooter up top, and you take those percentages a lot of times. Whereas if you keep the dribble, you keep it live, now you force that defender to stay with you, and you're dictating to the defense rather than let them adjust to what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, so we'll try and tack that strong side elbow. The shots we're looking for out of this is we're looking for wide-open layups, um, or uncontested jump shots because we force the defense to have to react to a ball fake or protect the basket, that side of things. Um, and then once that shot goes up, any one of those five players are fighting for the rebound, and then they release and come down the other side. So um, I just added down here, you know, after that shot goes up and they come out, sometimes you might get it to a post or a center who isn't that comfortable with the ball. So then the opposite uh, your opposite offensive player will cut into the middle and they'll take it and, and move it if, if it's a guard. So we, we'll throw different adjustments. We might say, you know, you've only got two dribbles. You've got to release the ball before the half court so that we're forcing the defense to adjust into it. Sometimes we put a third defender in the, in the, in the backcourt and they're forcing us to take over the halfway. So we still have an advantage situation once we get out of the court, but they're forcing us to have to think and be more careful with our reads. So it kind of depends on how well the girls are doing off it. So, um, and we'll run it for a period of time. So we'll, we'll go for, for maybe eight or ten minutes, or I'll say, you know, five good baskets. And then, so five good baskets is either or a wide-open jump shot that we knock down. So, do you yeah. do that with most of your drills, like have a goal or something you're trying to do? Yeah, yeah, almost all of them. So um, – Sometimes, you know, sometimes it is time and early in the season, it might be that way when we're just trying to get more into the rhythm of what the drill is looking to get us out of. But then once we're input, uh, I'm pushing hard for, for us to have targets. So I think girls respond more. It's their thing. It's, it's one of the things that they, they constantly come back with is that they enjoy having, you know, it brings that competitive element. It brings those you know, one of the feedback we did or review sessions this past two weeks, and one of the things was, can we have a whiteboard continuously on the side of the court so we can keep track of numbers on different things? So, oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, players can run over and keep track of it themselves. You know, or players right. are, are getting their water or whatever on the side before they step in. So, how do you deal with water breaks during practice? Um, so I have set ones uh, after segments, but you can grab water anytime you're on the sideline, you know, if you're waiting to step in or you're waiting to move on. So. And do you have like a, a bucket of water or do you have individual water bottles? Everybody's got their own bottle, no sharing. Yeah. I know. I'm telling you, I did that about 20 years ago. It's the best thing I ever did, especially with COVID-19. Now I'm looking smart, you know. <laughs> you don't want to admit I hate, yeah, don't share. That, that, that I will actually get upset if they start sharing water bottles. I know. It's like, yeah, yeah. I was the same. So, yeah. Uh, big thing for me was making sure they got big enough water bottles because it drives me nuts when they go, hey, coach, can I go out and fill my water bottle? And then they're like, all right, that's a liter water bottle. So either you've drunk a whole lot of water or you didn't come in with it. So you like, didn't fill it. Yes, that's your responsibility. That's the, uh, that goes back to those 10 things that don't require talent. Yes, you can do yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Anything else with the practice planning? Uh, no, that was that was kind of it. You know, if, if we go back to look at it, so I, I kind of break them into twenty-minute segments. Segments so works out. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could only do three things at practice, what would you do? Like three things. Like 
out of all the stuff you do all year? You can only do three things. <laughs> right. For me, it's, it's ball screen. Okay. Position. Uh, so we work hard in our transition to get up and down, and get those. And for me, it would be uh, rebounding. But next season, like I, I got to figure out more defense into that. Uh, into that, okay. And yeah. when do you practice plan? When do you make this out? Like I'm not talking about the the other two screens we were talking about with yeah. this season. So so this this so we train normally Tuesday, Thursday, and we might have a shoot around on Friday if we've got a game Saturday or Sunday. Okay. So I will do this uh, normally on a Sunday for the Tuesday and then I will do this either Tuesday night or Wednesday for the Thursday because what we achieved and what we were good at will inform what I'm going to do in the next session. Also keeping in mind the bits that I want to kind of get. So if you do it on Sunday, do you ever tweak on Monday? Uh, Yes. Especially if I haven't watched the tape. Right. (laughs) If you're, if you're doing more. Yeah, I get that. Okay. I always intrigued when people do it. Like I'm, I may, I may come home, eat dinner, chill everyone goes to bed and then think about it for the next day um i need time to process like ooh, that didn't go well and we film our practices so i'm i'm blessed that i can watch if it's like ooh, we didn't do that yes i need to work on that but um i love that i love just knowing when everyone kind of does it and and those kind of things um did you have anything else with the powerpoint you wanted to talk about Dang. so yeah so it's just about kind of the values attitudes and goals okay when we start our season, you know, we, we talk a lot and I try and get the, the players to define these as much as possible with a little bit of guidance from me. So around the values, the standards of behavior, you know, your judgment of what's important in life, what's important when you're part of our program, when you're here with us, when you're not with us, the way you represent and the attitudes, the way that you think and feel about something. So like I, I'll put these up on, on white, uh, whiteboard sheets and, and we'll just uh, flip charge. And we'll just have the girls fill in in small groups at the start of the season what they want to get out of it. And then the goals, you know, we, we have our season goals, what we're looking to get done, and then we start working on personal goals with the girls as well. So um, kind of feeds into the, the review. When I do a review with a player, you know, the, our postseason review, so I get the girls to kind of talk about how their season went, what went well for them, what they didn't enjoy, what they, you know, they felt themselves they got to work on. So a lot of self-reflection there. Um, I'll give my opinion on those things. Um, I'll also ask them for feedback about how they found the training sessions, how they found the games, how they found me as a coach in, in dealing with them. Um, and then we'll talk about, you know, these are the, the seven or eight things that we're going to incorporate into your workouts, your strength and conditioning, whatever it might be for your off season. And then we talk about next season. So, you know, like next season, this is the role that I can see you stepping into if you can do this work during the summer and get to where we think you can. Right. So you're basically, I mean, yeah, I, I do that. I mean, I think that's awesome for, for breaking it down because you're, you're self-reflecting with them. Um, and then I, 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 that's probably when I learned the most about the season, which is sad too. Cause I, yeah. I, I do a mid season one that I have found successful. Um, around Christmas. Oh, yeah. Around Christmas. Later. Yeah. yeah. Around Christmas. It's around Christmas. Um, usually it's Christmas break is when I have time to sit down and I go through and do, this is what I do. Cause you don't, I don't really know everyone's roles and I know their goals, but I don't know their roles when the season starts cause roles change. Um, so I wait till about the halfway mark of our season, which is about December, January, but at, over Christmas is when I start working on it. And what I do is I take every player, I have them give me input and then I go through and I say, I think this is, this is what I see your role being. And then I print it out and hand it out to everybody. 
and then we have individual meetings. So I want everyone to know everyone's roles. Um, so it's a process of sitting down with them, coming up together, talking about it, and then sharing it with everybody. You know, what's Johnny's role? Everybody kind of knows it. So then that goes back to the self-coaching I was talking about before. Yeah. When Johnny's not doing that, then, you know, Sam's going to say something to John. That's not your role. Remember, blah, blah, blah. It's in the locker, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so it's an interesting concept. I, I've always tweaked it because I always thought those exit things and the things at the end of the season were so good that I yeah. wanted input before, <laughs> before that um, yeah. to kind of like process during the season. And it's so hard to do it during the season. It really is. It is. Uh, now, those check-ins that we do and we put on a practice plan do help from that point of view. Yeah. Knowing yeah. where players are at. I'm going to add that, the, too. The I love bigger, that. Yeah, maybe not the bigger uh, the bigger picture stuff, but the, the smaller picture day-to-day, what's going on for you this week, it does definitely help. So I love that. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some rapid fires. What, uh, what's your favorite Over. brand of basketball, like type of basketball oh. you use during a game? Molten. Molten. Do you like the feel of the molten? I do, and, and the extra lines, just nicer for shooting. Okay. Um, does everybody use a molten? Yeah, we do over here. We're, we're, they're our sponsor. They're also FIBA, so um, they sponsor the leagues over here. So. Okay. Um, yep, I didn't know if anybody used anything else. Uh, one word to describe your ideal player. Smart. Uh, one sporting event in the world, what would you go to? Uh, it's got to be the Olympics, especially with 3v3 coming into it. That will be interesting. Oh, I'm a massive believer in 3v3. Oh, it is, it is like, no. until you're like in seventh or eighth grade, you should not be playing anything other than three on three. No, no. And it's a different skill set, but it, the skill set complements five by five. The game, the, well, first of all, the, game of, basketball is, the game of basketball is not five on five. No. If you watch it, it's two on two and three on three. <laughs> That's all, you know. Except for, at times, division one level. Because I look at it and they're saying they're very role orientated, unless, you know, a lot of yeah. athletic guys. And then you're kind of going, uh, you know, you're missing something because you're not getting these opportunities. Yeah, you're missing all the. It's going to be interesting with the Olympics. I feel, um, you know, these Olympians can't even do their trainings. Like it's. Yeah. Um, well, it's pushed out to next year. We've, it we've, is. We've been getting some good news here actually just last night. So we've been given a, a phased uh, plan so long as certain tick marks are hit. So we, we think we could be back uh, whatever normal will be. But come in late August, mid-August, late August. And so. will you let people come in and out? That's the question. Yeah, we're not, we're not 100% on that. I, I would imagine it'll probably be country-by-country country basis, just the same as there'll be warnings if there's certain countries that have a lot of, a lot of cases still, and then that'll be side of it. And that's what, has to, that's what worry you about the U.S. people. Yeah, and, and you know, t- to be honest, I'm looking at other options in case – Americans aren't able to come in for this season. So. Right, yeah, that, it's going to be... In Europe yeah. and stuff like that. So. Right, because I think that might be an easier twist. Um, what's your favorite pregame meal? Uh, oh, pre-game meal? Um, no one said the typical Irish one from the U.S. that we think you eat, you know. Oh, what's that? Spuds and cabbage, bacon and Yes, cabbage. yes. <laughs> you wouldn't have that prior to a game. Uh, my favorite <laughs> meal is my mother's cottage pie, so it's like minced beef with vegetables and then you've got uh, i prefer a sweet potato topping so sweet potato mash on top Ooh, that sounds really good oh yeah it's gorgeous um but my my go-to meal probably before training and stuff uh, is i'll just make some tacos tacos pot pie they call it well midwest thing is they call them pot pies they make them in a big right. pot and it's a very similar um 
Uh, one skill not being taught in today's game. Probably the mid-range. It is. And you know what I think? I think the next – if you – first of all, if you – again, when you watch Last Dance, Michael and Rodman had unbelievable mid-games, and they also used a bank shot a lot, yeah. which is a skill that's – I don't know why it's lost. Like, Michael would be airborne like this, and then it's like, oh, I'll just throw it off the board. It's like he was so good at it. Um, but I think there's going to be a shift back to that mid range because I think defenses are coming to the point of taking layups and threes away. <laughs> Unless they extend the three point line even further. Yes. Well, my issue, at least on the guy's side is the court's not wide enough. It's literally not wide. The bodies are too. <laughs> we, yeah. We play FIBA regulations here. So we're, we're bigger than your college, your high school. We're not as big as NBA, but we're, we are bigger. So it does, you know, for the you're line, longer, you're longer. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not wider. No, uh, but our three-point line is, is further up. So. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is you look at the NBA, that corner is like twisted. I mean, yeah. that's why I think they got to make – I don't know. I think the NBA should be the first move to make it just ten, five feet wider on each side just to give them more space because um, yeah. they're Facilities, so – That's going to be a problem. Huh? Facilities like over here, where we're so tight. Oh no, I, 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 I'm, I'm not saying. I, I would say it would be like a hundred-year move. Like you know, every time someone builds something new, they have to widen the court. Um, yeah, because it's not, it's not reasonable. But the bodies are, yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Even at our level, we, we play 84 feet. So the, the court is shorter, but it's not wide enough even for, you know, the guys that I'm coaching that are like D1 basketball players. Um, uh, one thing you do to relax. What do I do to relax? I love going to the movies. So okay. it's big for me. Yeah, it's just nice. Go watch some mindless entertainment and switch off for... That's why you got to get Netflix, coach. Oh, I got Amazon Prime and I got... <laughs> I'm okay for the moment. Okay. <laughs> uh, one coaching te technique you think is important? Empathy. Amen. I'm going to snap on that one. Uh, best player of all time? For me, it's Jordan. Best player you have seen in person? Oh, I, I saw Jordan. I saw My aunt lives in Chicago. I saw him play uh, just before he retired. Um, and I met him when he was over here coaching or playing golf a couple of years after that. Wow. He's tall, isn't he? It's surprisingly tall. Yeah, you know, for for somebody who's a guard, you know, that six six is comfortable six six. So yeah, it's um. Oh yeah, uh, can, can I just make one point? Yes. And American colleges, please stop inflating the height of all your players. <laughs> it's to the stage now where you know it's a joke over here when they come over and go, oh man, they shrunk on the plane. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Like, so I do, well, I do one of two things on the roster. So I'll, mm -hmm. I'll give you a tidbit for the young coaches. So when I do my roster and I send it out, I do one of two things. I either make us taller by about two inches or I shrink us. Like, so if a kid's six foot, he's either going to be six, two or he's going to be five. Ten. Yeah. 
So they're going to, the coach is going to, because if you haven't scouted me, you really won't know. And you'll go, man, they're tiny. And then all of a sudden they'll walk on the court and it's like, or the other way, we're really short and then they think we're taller than we are. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Shoes are no And I ask, yeah, I ring and I ask, you know, so we've had, we've had scholars now for the last, you know, six, seven years. So I'll ring and say, right, do you know this person that played in your conference or, and now they might be back there and they might be assistant coaching over there. And I'll say, right, is that a legit 6'6"? Six, six? Right. Or, you know, the inflated 6'6", six, six, you know? Right. Are they 6'4"? Are they yeah. 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 So yeah. it's a big difference over here, particularly in the men's game. Oh, in the men's game. I'm guessing you want bigger guys to come over. Almost all teams do. Yeah, because we have a lot of good guards. And, and there are a few teams then that will have size. Uh, whether it be European or they just got big, some big Irish kids. Um, but yeah, almost all teams are, are looking for size. You know, our tallest guy last year was six four, so we and I was actual six four. So, and what do you think the strongest aspect for the guy on the guy side and the girl side? Um, what's the strongest skill set they have? Uh, they need to be. You know, I would not always, but I would probably take a really good D three player over a mid-major D1 almost 90% of the time because the D3 kid will have done a bit of everything. And so long as he's a scorer, which is, you know, what we bring them in here to do, um, it, it, you know, we've, we've worked, I've worked out that, it, you know, I, I got a pretty good idea where it'll translate, particularly in the girls game. Like if a girl is averaging 15, 16, 17 points in the MAC or the Patriot League or the Ivy League, then that equates to about 25 over here. So, you know, that's what I'm looking at. If she's averaging 10 or 11, then, you know, depending on her type of game, she could end up getting 20 here. So it's, it's trying to find those in between. Um, but like the, some of the D3 kids that have come over here have just been ridiculous. 40, 50 point games because they just spit buckets. Because they can, they can do everything. Yeah. yeah and uh, like, because all the really good D1 kids will go play pro. Right. Right. So, really do you look, so my son's going to my son's going to Middlebury. Do you look at the little Ivies? Yeah, we do. Uh, we've had kids from Middlebury here. Uh, uh, at least one girl has been over here from Middlebury. So yeah, yeah, it's a great school. That's where, my, that's where my son's going. He he can he can he can shoot the legit three. Like um, you you need to tell him to get in touch with Sport Changes Life. Get him. Yeah, a but point. he's only gonna be he's gonna be a fr- I mean, first of all, we're not even sure if he's gonna gap year this year. Is he gonna take a year off? Okay. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely keep it in mind when he's when he's getting ready to graduate because he can sh- he can legit shoot like legit shoot. Um, but the best thing about this this quarantine is, I think he's put on about ten pounds. He's out working right. on his weaknesses. It's like good for you. Like <laughs> he's he's kind of getting like it's part it's part of his routine. But um, anyway, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's I, I would guess you'd want big kids like. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the times, you know. Again, you know, predominantly, if you look and at most kids coming in here, they're looking for a six, seven, six, eight kids. So the ki- first of all, the kids that go to little the like a Middlebury or the little Ivies or Ivies are really smart kids. Oh yeah, and that's they're not necessarily going to try to go to Slovenia and play professional. They're yeah. going to go. I want to get a degree and play basketball, and yeah, um, have another year, enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. They're not chasing. I think a lot of the D one guys, probably on the guys' side, especially, are trying to chase yeah. a dream still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's okay. No problems. And a lot of the D one kids are good. I'm just saying, a lot of them are role oriented. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know? and, and over here, we need you to do a bit of everything. You know, if, if you're, you're a six, six guard from, from uh, D1 school, here you're going to be a center and you're going to be marking some big, massive European and you're going to get beat up and it might have been nothing like what you have done back home. Right. But if you're a guard already, you're a guard already. That's the thing yeah. is you can, yeah, yeah, I can see how that Sorry. works. Um, one thing that helped you become a better coach? Uh, listening. Yes. Period. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't uh, need to best, game, best game you've seen in person. Best game I've seen in person. Um, Australia, NBL semifinals last year, Melbourne United versus Andrew Bogus and the Sydney Kings. Say that again. I am sorry. Australia, the NBL, their professional league. Yep. So last year, the semifinal where uh, Melbourne United played against the Sydney Kings, uh, who had Andrew Bogus. Okay. So, so that's a legit league from what I hear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think like Lonzo I, Ball went over there. Over there this year. I spend a lot of time. My wife's Australian, so I spend a lot of time watching basketball. And when we go over, I, I see it when I'm over there. So, yeah. Um, and then I guess the other. It's an, guess, inter- it's an interesting country in the sense that, because it's like I said, it's yeah. on my bucket list. But people really live on the outside of Australia, right? Oh, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like all over, you know, for, for such a big, big country. You know, you've, you've got your pockets, but then they're split, split all around. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, that's what intrigues me. Yeah. It's, I almost went to grad school there. Um, Queensland, I, I thought about it. It was close. Um, beautiful country. Beautiful isn't area. It? Beautiful territory. Like, yeah. It's just oh, yeah. I know. I, yeah. in some, I, I ended up going to Dartmouth, which is in New Hampshire, which is also very gorgeous. If you've ever been to the East Coast of the U.S., gorgeous. But the kid has applied for the program this year. What? Dartmouth has applied for the program this for year. girls or guys guys really yeah yeah well I, I I've my I have a player there that's a junior he was second team all Ivy he's legit like legit um great kid um yeah we'll have to keep that in mind I mean he would if he played for you guys you'd win it I'm telling yeah. you he's that good like okay. he's legit and he's six six after we finish that. recording you can tell me you can send me his name I will send you his name um, very smart kid. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share it with anybody else. So don't call me any anybody else in in, in Ireland. Um, one word to describe your coaching style? I would say encouraging. Okay, best basketball coach of all time. I was lucky enough to see a clinic with Coach K and and meet Doc Rivers that time when they were off and they were touring around actually Asia. I was in Dubai at the time and they spent a couple of days there. Um, and he just struck me, his knowledge. Like, I, I know he, he can be a polarizing coach for some people. I understand that. Um, but, but you know what? Here's, here's something one of, one of my friends told me. He's polarizing because he wins. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just love the fact that he, you know, he gave a really educated answer on every question that came up in that class. He's extreme. I mean, you don't go – first of all, Duke is like an Ivy League school. You're, he's not, you're not staying at Duke if you're not smart. He's, yeah. Coach K is – the, the, here's what I tell all the young coaches too. Coach K and John Wooden, two of the best coaches probably of all time, both of them almost lost their jobs. Like Coach K had like two or three losing seasons to start it until he got that group in. Um, they were ready to get rid of him at Duke. And now look at him. He's like the winningest coach of like of all time on the guy's side. Um, yeah. One book you'd recommend that I think you mentioned it before. Yeah, so I, that, that one, um, so Coaching the Individual in Team Sports by Philip Kerr. 
So uh, it's a it's a quick read. It'll take you about an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes to go through it. But he's just got a lot of nuggets. You know, it's one of these ones where I think a lot. I got to get him on. I got to get him on. We'll talk about that afterwards. Okay. Yeah. It'd be I I I that'd be an interesting because he coaches a different sport, so it's just it's nice to have that take. I love that. I love having guys. I mean, for for the and when we were talking about mentors earlier, the mentor does. I mean, I have mentors that are not coaches of basketball. Like yeah. it's okay to have mentors that do other things. Um, because you know <laughs> how much how much of our job is X's and O's. That's a great question. Um, I would say less than thirty percent. Yeah, I would agree with you. Thirty percent is what I have it at. Yep. And, and, and if you'd asked me that 20 years ago, I would have said 70%. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly the same. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm married to a psychologist. Literally. I like, you know, if I, yeah, if you can convince it's a special thing from someone that's, I've coached a really long time. I had some really special teams guys play. I mean, I, 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 more than a handful of professional athletes, a couple NBA guys, when you get that special, like, um, that special relationship where everything's kind of clicking and everything's kind of going, it's like, it's like lightning. I refer to it as lightning in a bottle. And that, that comes because you've built relationships and they will literally run through a wall for you. And then you can just sit back. Like literally that it's the self coaching. It's the, I'm going to take care of the locker room. Why aren't we winning? Why aren't we executing? Why are you late? All those things don't fall on. I'm just, I'm just along for the ride at that point. And it's, it's a wonderful thing when you can do that. Um, but the young coaches want to run Coach K's offense. And, but defensively, I would run Coach Bennett's defense from Virginia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's legit. Tony's a great Absolutely. guy, too. Tony's a great guy. Um, one thing, last question, one thing you would tell a young coach or your young self? Probably the biggest thing is to talk to as many coaches, doesn't have to be basketball, like you said, as possible. So just talk about the game, talk about people, talk about leadership, talk about culture. And all these conversations will, will you know, some of it will stick and then little light bulbs. I'm a big believer in light bulbs. Suddenly you're listening to somebody else talking about something and yeah, I refer to them as golden nuggets. Like yeah. you find a golden nugget every once in a while and you never know when it's going to like, God, I was talking to a coach a couple of weeks. So I'll give you one that I, I learned and he makes the winners of his contest run rather yeah. than the losers. And I go, well, how do you sell that? He goes, well, early in the year, we don't do that. But later in the year, it's like, do you want to get better? Cause if you want to get better, you're going to, you're going to want to run. You're going to want to be in better shape. Yeah. And it was like, Ooh, I like that. I'm going to try that. You know, it's like those yeah. little pieces of like, Oh, that makes sense. That how you talk about it. That's um, yeah. Is that great? Uh, so thank you, coach. I appreciate you taking a, a late Saturday afternoon off. Um, how's the weather, right? How's the weather and how's the weather in Ireland in, in May? Well, we, we had rain twat over the last three days we've probably we've probably only had rain over the last three weeks or, or two days ago so we've just had two days a little bit of rain a little bit more forecast this week but we've had a lot of sun but it's been cool uh so 18 19 for us over here so okay. that's this so i think that equates to maybe 60 70 60s yeah yeah that's about yeah. You're, you're very similar to us like we're in the 60s yeah. i think it's gonna be 65 today and sunny so Okay. Um, well, go enjoy the weather. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, coach. Thanks so much.
Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, jump up and down, like I say. Um, tell your friends. That would be a good thing. Yeah, sell it. Share this on social media. And then also go over and check out teachweeps.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.